Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 84 of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. So glad to have you here. And this week's episode is going to be entitled Failed Affiliate Relationship Lessons Learned. And it's going to detail some issues that I ran into with one particular affiliate relationship that I've had for over five years now that I'm sad to say has probably reached the end of its usefulness. So I'm going to detail all of that, have some great lessons learned for everybody out there so that you hopefully don't run into a similar situation. A lot of the time it's unavoidable, but there's some things you can do to prepare in that event that something like that does happen to you as well. So really um, excited to bring that to you, but kind of disappointed at the same time. But we'll talk all about that today. Just wanted to quickly thank uh, 24 new email subscribers over the past two weeks. One that left his name, Dale. Greatly appreciate that. If you're not yet on my email list, you can head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe and you'll instantly get my keyword braving Yeah, right. If I could say that, keyword brainstorming guide and my seven simple SEO tips guide as a bonus. So greatly appreciate you guys signing up. And I also wanted to thank Dale and JW. I reached out to all new recent email subscribers and both Dale and JW got back to me right away with some good suggestions, some questions, and we had a lot of back and forth going right away. So I really do appreciate that. I really do send those emails out myself. So if you do get an email from me that says question, for you. Please open it. Please respond. I'm definitely looking for specific things you guys are working on, things you're interested in hearing about so that I can jot them down and include them in a potential upcoming podcast episode or blog post. So thanks again. Really appreciate it. And one other quick thing, you can probably tell I sound really nasally today. I've had a really bad head cold the past couple of days and it seems like it's hopefully getting better, but uh, you're going to have to bear with me today. I don't have a really bad cough or anything, so that's good, but I have a very limited window that my voice will probably hold out for. So this is definitely not ideal today, but the show must go on, so let's get right to it. So like I mentioned, this week's episode is going to be about a failed affiliate relation and some things that I've learned and that I can pass along to you guys so that you hopefully don't run into it, but inevitably you probably will experience something like this at some point in time, especially if you're promoting multiple affiliate products and been doing this for any length of time. So let's talk about what I am referring to. So what exactly happened in the last week and a half or two weeks since the last podcast episode is that I have this one specific affiliate site that's been out there for as long as I've been doing this, so probably four or five years now. And the primary issue is with the vendor itself. It's not with the product. The product has been pretty consistent. It's evolved over time. They've added a lot of different things to the product. So it encompasses a bunch of different things digitally. And um, there's a actual physical product too as an option. But the main point is that the issue has always been with the vendor itself, not with the product. The product is great. I've used it myself. And I know it's helped lots of folks do certain things. So it's a good product. um, No issues there. So that's kind of the more frustrating part as well is that I would like to continue to promote the product as I have all my content out there. It's focused around the specific product. I'm ranking for terms related specifically to this product. But the problem is with the particular vendor. And what do I mean by that? 
As with any particular vendor, they own the product. They have full control over the product. So that's outside your control. And that's the frustrating part. And that's a part you can't get away from if you're doing anything with affiliate marketing. So of course, that's always going to be a potential issue. But what I've had over the years is that early on when I started to promote the product, I actually was able to provide customers with a discount. And not everyone was being able to provide that discount. So that was something that people were coming to my site for to find the discount and I was getting more sales for that discount. What ended up happening probably a year or two after I started promoting and was getting sales is that without warning, they got rid of the discount and I was unaware of that fact. So there's very little, if any, communication that I've received over the years and it was through a ClickBank product. So I'm not sure what options that vendors have in regards to ClickBank. It may be limited. They may not really know who's promoting their product other than people are getting affiliate sales. So they would know in that aspect, but I'm not sure even if they get the emails of their affiliates. So I'm not going to put 100% of the blame on the vendor in this case. They may have limited data from ClickBank to communicate with affiliates. That I'm not sure. But if they do, if they have a listing of exactly who affiliates are, they have their email addresses, then this that's, this particular issue is even worse. So that I'm not 100% sure on. Because to me, if you have people that are promoting your product, evangelizing the product, probably have used your product, and they are the people that are make, helping make sales for you, you should do everything in your power to work with them directly and to reach out to them, establish relationships with them, because that's where a lot of your sales are coming from. And of course, the more sales you get, the better it is for them, for you, for everybody. So it's just a great relationship that you should foster and not alienate people. So that particular piece being that it was on ClickBank, I'm not 100% sure what options they have. So I'm not going to harp on that particular issue. But what I had with that initial relationship was I was providing a discount and that was something that my site stood out for and that was helping me make sales and I appreciated that. But then all of a sudden I lost the ability to provide that discount. So I lost my edge there, so to speak. So I reached out to them and they were really responsive. The actual owner of the product and the company had contacted me back relatively quickly and they said, yes, we did get rid of our discount. We felt it diluted our brand and we're actually getting rid of all discounts. So that was a little bit disappointing, actually probably a lot disappointing because I had worked really hard to get that discount and provide that for my customers and it was providing me a bit of an edge. So I just lost my edge. I lost all the efforts that I had done to rank for product name discount, etc. So I was bummed out by that and that was my first experience with being kind of at the whim of uh, affiliate companies, affiliate products, the owners of the companies, the owners of the products, and a lot of stuff is outside your control. So that was my first really big disappointment when it came to doing all that because I had put in the effort. I had done everything I should. I was getting some sales as a result. And then that edge that I'd worked on for so long was just 100% gone, nothing I could do about it. But that's, that was one downside. But at the same time, that put everybody on a level playing field. So since nobody could provide a discount in theory at that time from what they were saying, 
I just had to move on. That's what everybody would be experiencing. So it is what it is. So that was one of the early on. I mentioned that in a podcast episode a long time ago, really early on. That's Those are some of the pitfalls that you don't really have control over that as in an affiliate relationship. Hopefully, you can work with these affiliate companies and you can have some communication back and forth. And hopefully, they'll take some of your suggestions and work to help you build up your site so you can get more sales and they can get more sales. It just makes sense to do that. So what suggestion right now, right off the bat, in regards to that is if you are going to sign up for an affiliate program, contact the affiliate manager. In most cases, even on ClickBank or wherever you're signing up for the product, whether it's directly or not, there's going to be some sort of email address or someone physically associated with being the affiliate person for that company, at least hopefully. So what you're going to want to do is reach out to those folks via email or via whatever contact method they have there before you start to put in the effort and before you do the research, before you figure out if this is going to be a product that you want to promote, because that's really important. You need to have that connection. So you're going to want to reach out to them. If you can email them, do so. See how long it takes them to respond. See how receptive they are two different suggestions you might have or questions you have in regards to the affiliate program, how long they've been out there, how often they make changes to the product or how often they make changes to pricing, how often they change their commission structure, what the commission structure is, Get those answers before you do any sort of in-depth effort on your part because otherwise you might put in a whole bunch of effort, create a site around a particular uh, phrase or a couple of phrases that you're going to target only to find that that affiliate person or affiliate portion of the company is either non-existent or they just don't respond. So if things break on their side, you're going to want to know that there's somebody there that is going to be able to work to resolve those issues in a timely manner that's going to be able to respond to any issues you might have have, let's say your link doesn't work on a particular day or something just isn't going right, you want to know that somebody's going to be there. Otherwise, if something does break, something's not working, you're not getting your affiliate commissions and nobody's there to respond, you're dead in the water right there. So all that effort you spend is for not. So that's definitely the first takeaway. Make sure you follow up with the affiliate staff or the affiliate person or whoever the contact person is for that particular product before you put in the effort. And another another thing in regards to that particular event that I ran across uh, over the course of several years initially was that that vendor constantly was changing their pricing structure. So when I would create some content, I would have some screenshots of pricing and all the different pricing levels and all the different information in regards to pricing. But what I was finding was that I would go in maybe, since I wasn't creating a lot of content for that site, it was just pretty much sitting there with 10 or 15 different articles on there. What would happen is over the course of three to six months or so, they may have changed their pricing multiple times during that um, time frame. And then if somebody comes to your website, sees some pricing information, clicks over to the website and finds that the pricing information is different completely, they may think you're either trying to deceive them or in most cases it's just a matter of that you don't have the most recent pricing if you're not going out there and checking that on a weekly or monthly basis. So that's something you're going to want to keep on top of too. Just check and make sure that when you click through your links that any pricing information or information you have in regards to the product is still valid. And I would say to do that 
minimally on a monthly basis, so at least once a month, even if you're not creating new content for that website, do that because I know that I wasn't doing that and in many cases or most cases, whenever I would go back to check to just to make sure that my affiliate links were working, I would find completely different pricing information or perhaps the different bundles that they had had changed completely. They had added new information, so it was constantly being changed. So that, that that was another issue. It's not necessarily a red flag. It's good that they update their product. It's good that they experiment with different pricing to see which pricing is going to work to result in the most sales. So that can be good for them, good for you, but it does create more work for you. And it's something that you're going to want to keep on top of because if people come to your site and the information doesn't match up with the sales page, you're probably not going to get that sale just because they're thinking that you're either trying to deceive them, you don't have the most current information, so you may not end up getting that particular sale. So that's just something to keep in mind with. That was something that was frustrating for me because they would constantly change that pricing. It wasn't just once a year. It was probably once every three months or so something major would change in regard to pricing or the product bundle details. So there does come a point where it you, you really have to look and see what's the return on your time, what's the return on investment there. If you're making few sales, so maybe you're not making a whole lot of sales and you're putting in a lot of effort to have to update the content on your website pretty often as a result of these types of issues. I mentioned that in the past as well. You may want to think your affiliate, rethink your affiliate relationship at that point. And you may want to look if there's other products that can solve that particular issue or particular pain point you're trying to solve for people. See if there's other affiliate products that maybe have a longer standing track record that don't update their pricing as often, don't update maybe their bundling or the information that you're providing for your customers. There may be a better product and even if it's not the best product, even if the other one is a better product, it may make sense for you to promote that other product if it's still going to solve that particular issue or pain point but you don't have to put in as much effort. So those are some of the things you're going to want to weigh. So that's one of the things you can kind of ask the affiliate manager when you get in contact them. How often do they change their pricing? How often have they changed their bundles? How often do they update products? Those are all really relevant questions that you're going to want to get answers to before you put in any serious effort on your website. So... Those are some great tips to start out with, but what specifically happened over these last two weeks that caused me to bring you this podcast episode? So this is the same vendor. I've had them for years and years, like I mentioned. I haven't updated a lot of content on the site. I've probably created two new articles in the last year or two on the site, but I did put in a lot of effort initially, so I can still remember, since it was one of the first websites I created, all the effort that I put into it, put my heart and soul into that site. It was one of my first sites, so it, it has that sentimental value to me too. So that that's why this, this particular issue hurt. But what happened over the past two weeks is that I was going back and forth with a potential new customer that had reached out to me via email on the site. And they had some questions about the product, and there was a lot of back and forth. I would say I probably put in probably an hour or two between probably 10 different emails that we exchanged, and everything was going great. They were really excited. They wanted to check out the product. And the last thing I said was, if you don't mind, if you are going to make a purchase, please go through my link. Here's my link. Thank you ahead of time. 
and a couple of days went by. They said they had purchased the product. They didn't mention for sure if they had gone through my link, but they said they purchased the product. They were really happy with the product so far. Thank you for all the information you provided to me, etc., etc. So everything was great. And the only thing was that I had not received an email, and I have it set up so anything that comes through ClickBank, I'm going to get an email if a sale occurs. So I responded to them and I said, I'm, that's great. I'm glad to hear you made a purchase. If you don't mind me asking, did you go through my affiliate link? If you didn't, that's completely fine. But I just wanted to ask you because normally I would get a sale email if a sale occurred and I didn't in this particular case. And if you did make a purchase through my link, I wanted to follow up with the vendor. And they said, oh yeah, absolutely. I did go through your link. I went through at this particular point in time. I used this email and thanks again. So they sent me all the relevant details. So I took that information and I emailed my last known contact at the company and I uh, explained that I had talked to a customer, they had gone through my affiliate link, here's the details on the sale, and I didn't receive an email and I don't see anything in my ClickBank account regarding that particular sale. So I sent that out and a day or two went by last weekend and I didn't hear anything, but then I did receive a response early this week stating that specifically the ClickBank affiliate program for their product was no longer there and it had been gone for some time. Now what exactly some time means, I'm not sure and I do place a lot of the blame on myself although I didn't initially. My initial gut reaction was how could you do that when you had this existing multi-year relationship with ClickBank with all of your affiliates out there and all of a sudden it was just gone. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was just starting to get my cold at the time as well so I was a little bit grumpy but man I was annoyed to say the least. I was I was mad. I was livid. They had just up and completely got rid of the ClickBank affiliate portion of their affiliate program. And like I said, that just basically alienated anybody that was promoting their product through their links. And another thing they had said in that email was that site has been gone for some time. And that is not true. What if you still go through my affiliate link, which was a ClickBank affiliate link, you still go to the same sales page. You still go directly to their website and that person would still make a sale just like the person did on my website. So they went through my affiliate link. They made a sale. They made a purchase. They got the product. Everything worked fine from the customer standpoint. However, no, I was no longer in the loop. So any affiliates out there that were promoting through ClickBank would still end up generating sales for this company because their sites are still out there. They're do still doing promotion out there for these particular links, for these particular products. So the company is still getting sales, but you're not. And I went on a little bit of a rant on an email back to this person. And basically, I started out saying, thank you for that information and quick response. I said, however, I find it concerning that you're saying that the website is no longer valid. It is no longer. Now, now they may be referring specifically to ClickBank. That portion of their affiliate program is no longer valid. But the links still resolve, go right to their website, result in sales on their end. They're just taking out the middleman. So I actually said in no uncertain terms that I find this completely deceptive. 
So it would be one thing if it resulted in a 404 error or the link was no longer valid. That would have been clear to me. Somebody would have told me I would have noticed eventually that the link no longer works, which would have triggered me to reach out to them and I would have found out that the link was no longer valid. However, in the current state, that could have continued forever and I would never have known had I not clearly checked my ClickBank stats. So again, that piece is on me. That is something I certainly should have done, and had I looked really closely at my ClickBank stats, I may have seen that, but I do promote a lot of different ClickBank products on multiple sites, so if I went to my stats, I wouldn't necessarily see it there closely because it doesn't say specifically in most cases what the product is that you're getting clicks for, that you're getting sales for. It has a particular identifier, but in most cases that has nothing to do with the product. It's just some weird combination of words or phrases, and I would really have to dig to know what they are, and I'd have to have some sort of mapping to know what they are, and I'm not that conscientious when it comes to my stats, but I need to be clearly, obviously, or I would have seen this particular issue earlier. So what ended up happening was that probably disappeared from my stats who knows how long ago, so that's another concerning thing. How long has it been like this? I've talked to multiple people over the last six months or a year at least six that I can remember in the last year that I answered specific questions. I may not have asked for the sale in all the cases, but I tried to steer people towards my link. So I'm not 100% certain if I lost those six sales because of this issue, but I can't remember when I had the last sale of this particular product. So it could have been up to a year that I've been missing out on sales for this particular website because that affiliate program went away. And that just makes me so annoyed, especially when I've been helping people using my valuable time, going back and forth, being really you know friendly with people, always giving my time like I do on all my websites when somebody reaches out. I will spend the time to help somebody get their answer whether they go through my affiliate link or not. Of course, the goal is always to provide value and hopefully people will realize that I am spending my time away from my family. I'm spending my time on weekends, time after hours to help folks because that's what I'm here for. But I'm really hoping that because everybody values their own time that they realize that I'm taking my time out. I am spending that time with them to resolve their questions. And of course, I'm hoping they're going to go through my affiliate link as a way to say thank you to compensate me for my time and that's just the way things hopefully are going to work out but it doesn't always work out that way and that's fine but in this particular case this past two weeks I had spent that time I had definitely the, the reason that sale occurred was because of the questions that I had answered and the additional information that I had given to this particular person so I had definitely earned that commission no doubt about it and they went through my link as a way of saying thank you and the affiliate payments for this particular product range depending on the particular version that somebody would purchase but it was somewhere between 70 and $100 for this particular product so it's no small amount of change. It wasn't a two or three dollar affiliate commission. It would have resulted in a really decent affiliate commission, and that just hurts even more because, of course, you can realize that seventy or a hundred dollars. There's a lot of things you can do with that. There's a lot of tools I could purchase for different sites that I could review. Different things I could try out. Seventy dollars, seventy to a hundred dollars goes a long way. It's a really good affiliate commission. So that bummed me out even more. And when a couple of other things I had said in that email back to them is that 
I felt that I should be compensated for that particular sale, and I said so right in the email. I said, here's the details, here's the exact second the sale occurred as per the customer, here's the email address they use, here's their name. I would like to be compensated for this sale because I deserved it. I mean, that's the bottom line. I result, My direct efforts resulted in a sale to them, so I felt I should be compensated. I didn't think that was an unreasonable request. But the bottom line is it's been a week since I sent that email and I haven't received a response. Go figure. So I probably burned that bridge and I probably should have burned the bridge a long time ago given the amount of extra effort that I have and all the past issues that I've had with this particular vendor. But the bottom line is it appears the usefulness of this relationship has probably reached its end, unfortunately. And it still bothers me because I put forth so much effort. The product is actually good. It's just that they do a terrible job of working with people that are working to promote their product to get more sales for them. They're just terrible at it. They're not doing a good job of that. And again, some of that falls on me. I'm I'm not putting 100% of the blame on them. I should have kept up with my stats, but there should be some sort of way they could notify affiliates that that particular relationship was going away. And if not, they should have severed those ties so that any of those links no longer worked. That's just the right thing to do. So, so many different things you know, are telling me that this is the end of this particular relationship and I have to move on. And I have started to do that already, but it still bothers me. It still bothers me that these types of things occur, but certainly it's not going to be the, it's not the first time. It's not going to be the last time. So it's just something I need to get over. It's still fresh in my mind. And while it was fresh in my mind, I wanted to bring you those details. But what I've started to do in this past week is something I should have done a long time ago, and that's to investigate different products that I might be able to promote that would accomplish the same thing for customers potentially, but that I don't have all these same issues with as far as the vendor goes. So I have started to do that. I did purchase one product this week myself. I've downloaded all the information about the program, all the content from the program itself, and I'm going to be evaluating that to see if it's a comparable product that I could promote. But it still does pain me that I have to do that because I spent all the time and effort to rank those particular terms and phrases that I have for the other product, and I'm going to have to decide if I'm just going to completely create a new website just let that one go. I'm going to change the content. Most likely I'm going to change the content on the existing website because the domain name does not reflect anything product specific. So that's another reason potentially not to create a product specific uh, URL when you purchase a domain name. Not only could you run into trademark issues with that also, so that's another reason you wouldn't want to put a product name in your URL. But the bottom line is it's a generic URL, so I'm probably going to use the same site. It's been out there for a long time, so I have the domain age thing going for me. And I'm probably going to do like some sort of comparison or alternatives to the particular product I was promoting. So there's a couple of different things I could do with new content, but I'm definitely going to have to make a lot of changes to the content on the website. And it's basically like starting from scratch. So that that part of it is still bothering me, but it is what it is. So I, I have started to evaluate some new products and take a look and see which one might solve this particular issue for my customers and continue because I am getting traffic. It's not it's probably 100 to 200 unique visitors per month, but I am getting email subscribers. I am getting, um, after I added the Thrive Leads product, which is the email opt-in product that I recommend to the site, I immediately started to get email subscribers, and I wish I was collecting them from the beginning, but I mentioned that before. That's always good to collect email subscribers. 
subscribers from the start. But the bottom line is I am getting new customers to the site. Obviously, somebody reached out to me via email with questions, so they are interested in these types of products. So certainly there's still the opportunity to continue to make affiliate sales, but I'm just going to have to pivot and going to have to change from promoting the product that I was to a new product, assuming I can find one that does comparable things, can help people in the same types of ways. So it's going to take a lot of effort on my part, but it is what it is. So I wanted to make sure you guys were aware that these types of things can happen. The warning signs were there all along since they constantly changed the pricing, constantly changed the product details, and they didn't communicate with their affiliates whether or not they had an easy way to do that. I'm not sure, but it didn't happen previously. The one good thing they did have going for them when you did reach out to the email address that they did have, they were responsive and even mentioned a couple of times the actual creator, the owner of the company did reach out to me directly. So they did have open lines of communication and they still do. And they did mention that they were looking to create a new affiliate program and they would be interested in working with me on that now that I sent that email at the beginning of the week uh, demanding that I wanted to get paid and to say that what they were doing was deceptive probably wasn't the best way to try to build a new relationship but Really, in my mind, I should have probably cut this relationship previously. So I really needed to get that out. I really felt deceived. I really felt betrayed by the affiliate company. And I shouldn't have taken it as personally as I had. But I, I was passionate about the product. I still am. I still think they have a good product. But if that relationship just isn't there and they're not going to foster that relationship and they're not going to repay you for your efforts in some way by having that affiliate relationship, keeping it up, then really you don't want to spend your time and effort there. Your time and effort is being wasted and you can switch to another product or another company that will value that relationship, will value the time and effort that you put in. And that's really so important because your time is valuable. If you're going to spend that effort, you're going to sacrifice, you're going to take time away from other things that you could be doing. It is as important to be compensated for those efforts. So if you are in affiliate relationship, relationships where you don't get responses that you're hoping for. They're not receptive to ideas. They don't provide you with tools or banners or anything that can help you take your website to the next level to bring in more sales. They they should want that. That's going to result in more sales for them. So the more sales you have, the more sales they have, everything is good. You want to work with companies that value that relationship. And there are companies out there and different affiliate programs that will do everything in their power to help you. They'll reach out. They'll set up phone calls with with you if you want webinars, whatever whatever you need to help you get your website up and going and to bring in more sales, they're there for you. That's that's their that should be their bread and butter because if people are promoting their products for them, they don't have to do any of the marketing efforts. They don't have to, you know, it's a lot less effort on their part to get other people to promote their products. So they should 100% be doing that. So there certainly are companies out there that do that. And on the flip side, there's companies that are way worse than this company that I've been dealing with. So you may not get a response at all if you reach out to affiliate managers. I've had that happen before. Luckily, it was up front. So I always reach out to affiliate managers, say, I'm going to be interested in um, signing up for your product. I'm going to be interested in promoting it in this way. I think it can help these types of customers. Do you have suggestions on how I can do that? And then again, ask all the questions that I mentioned earlier in the episode. How often do you change pricing? How often do you change bundling? How often do you change the affiliate commission rate? How long have you been out there? 
You're going to want to ask those questions up front, get answers to up front before you put any effort into even purchasing a website, creating content, doing research. Make sure you get those questions answered and you get acceptable responses. Make sure they have support so that your customers, if they do purchase particular products, they're going to be able to get support. They're not going to always be turning to you and say, hey, I purchased this product this thing sucks. Of course, you're never going to want to have that. You're going to want to promote products that you've tried, tested, you know it's a good product, and that somebody's going to be there to support them. That's so important in case they run into any issues. It's your reputation on the line. You want to make sure that you're promoting products that are going to help somebody and that are going to stand the test of time. They're going to have proven track records, and they're going to be there for your customers over the long haul so you can develop those relationships with your customers. They're going to be happy. You're going to be happy and life is going to be good. So hopefully this episode will bring to light some of the pitfalls that you can run into. Hopefully you haven't run into too many of these along the way, but inevitably, even with the best efforts, something is going to happen along the way where you're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to change some of the content on your site. You may have to try to promote different products. Products could go away. Everything that I've run into could still happen to you. So it's always good to keep in mind, have multiple product ideas Even if you have a particular niche in mind that you want to target, have multiple products that you're going to promote. It's always good to diversify. So luckily for me, this wasn't a huge revenue stream, so it's not a huge hit in my pocketbook, fortunately. But in many cases, if you are focusing on just promoting one product, that could be devastating. So that's why it's always good to have multiple products that you're promoting because inevitably this always does happen. Something's going to change. Like for instance, I promote Longtail Pro. Last year, a really large revenue source for me was when they had the Longtail Pro lifetime access and there was a discount that I was providing for a limited period of time. And that's something that I signed up for, a lot of folks signed up for on the site and we're really glad we did because they were going to be changing their pricing to a monthly pricing model where you have to pay every month a certain amount. And that was a really great revenue generator for me for a couple of months. But what happened was, just as they said, that lifetime access to Longtail Pro Platinum was going away not to return. And as soon as that happened, my revenue dropped off completely. But on the other side, I got to be thankful that that option was available. It was great for folks to be able to take advantage of that. So it certainly did result in more revenue for those certain months that I was normally used to receiving for Longtail Pro. So it resulted in a really big uptick in revenue. Sorry, that was one of my cats, Monkey, that decided to come up and meow there. But it did result in a very big uptick in revenue, but also a very quick downtick in revenue once that particular thing went away. So a lot of these things happen over time. You just have to take advantage of those opportunities when they do present themselves and go out of your way to try to make these opportunities happen. Try to negotiate with these affiliate companies. See if you can provide a discount or some sort of uh, incentive for somebody to go through your link as opposed to somebody else. So that way somebody's going to come to your website, you're going to get the sale, and it's going to be easier for you to make that sale because you have something differentiating yourself from all the other people out there promoting the product. So that's something you should always do as well. Reach out to those affiliate folks when you do ask those questions initially. See if there's an opportunity for you to provide some sort of discount, some sort of bonus, something that they could provide to you that's specific to your audience. And in many cases, they're going to want to see a proven track record from you. So X number of visitors to your website or X number of people on your email list 
and they want to know more about how you're going to promote it. So it might be hard for you as a beginner to get some sort of incentive for the customers to go through your website. But even when I was starting out, I would say one in five times when I would reach out to affiliate uh, managers or affiliate people for particular companies, they would be receptive to that. So it wasn't certainly every time, especially when my websites weren't out there for a very long period of time. They, of course, usually reserve the best deals and the best discounts for their largest affiliates, the folks that bring in the most traffic and the most sales, because that gives you an incentive to make more sales, to do a great job promoting their products so that once you do start to make more sales, that's usually when you can get the better deals on your website, but that's not always the case. I certainly was able to get the discount for this particular product I was talking about very early on. Unfortunately, that went away just as I was starting to get some traction, but those are some things you should definitely should try. Try to do something that can differentiate yourself from all the other people out there, and you may need to create some bonus items to provide to your customers. Hopefully, the affiliate folks would provide something that you can, a free PDF or free ebook. But in many cases, you may have to actually put in the legwork and you create your own bonuses or maybe a video that shows somebody how to use the product that you're promoting or something. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be a humongous thing. Just something that shows you went the extra mile to get them to go through your website. And as a thank you, here's a quick video or here's a quick PDF or a checklist or something along those lines. Those can always help keep your affiliate relationships going to create more sales and to hopefully have a successful affiliate relationship with those companies out there. Hopefully you don't run into issues that I've experienced over the past two weeks. But if you do, you have some good tips and suggestions in today's episode that'll hopefully help you move beyond those issues and help you continue to have success with your affiliate marketing efforts. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again in two weeks, hopefully without a head cold. Bye-bye now.